Welcome to Caritas Christi, a real and raw podcast with real women and real faith, where we apply the feminine genius to look at the current events of this world, our faith lives, and other things that are relevant to young Catholic women today. Thank you for joining us. Happy Thursday. Hi, this is Mary. And this is Hannah. And you're with Caritas Christi. Welcome. Yes, let's begin with prayer. In nomine Patri et Filio et Spiritui Sancto. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tuum mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventus tui, Iesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc in ora mortis nostrae. Amen. Nomine Patri et Filio et Spiritui Sancto. Amen. Amen. And this is also from Confessions, our inspiration for the day for the week um and it's um from page 258 um and it goes late have i loved thee O beauty so ancient and so new late have i loved thee for behold thou wert within me and i outside and i sought thee outside and and my unloveliness fell upon those lovely things that thou hast made thou wert with me and i was not with thee I was kept from be- thee by those things, yet had they not been in thee, they would not have been at all. Thou didst call and cry to me and break up open my de- deafness, and thou didst send forth thy beams and shine upon me and chase away my blindness. Thou didst breathe fragrance upon me, and I drew in my breath and do now paint for thee. I tasted thee, and now hunger and thirst for thee. Thou didst touch me, and I have burned for thy peace." So <laughs> there was a lot of words in these and thous, but that is really beautiful. Um, talking about beauty, it will really tie into our conversation later today. Um, so it's just a really beautiful about kind of his conversion. How he had all these desires for the good, the true, and the beautiful, but he sought him in worldly ways um, and how he found the truly in the Lord and God. So... Um, Pretty cool, huh, Hannah? Definitely. (laughs) She was untangling um, dog from cords. (laughs) Yeah. Got my genius dog wandering around and managing to get himself caught in microphone cords. It's like we do this every time, but, you know, (laughs) they have short memory. Yeah. (laughs) Theo, you need to figure that out, dude. Just don't wander around. Needy little... Ugh, brother. <laughs> <sighs> so what did you think of that inspiration, Hannah? Oh, it's beautiful. I think a lot of people don't realize they've probably heard, you know, Matt Marr songs be like, wait, this this all comes from like St. Augustine and this mm-hmm. other great saints um, who are really writing the lyrics to praise and worship music before praise and worship music ever existed. Um, so I think that's very, very beautiful. And he he didn't come to the Catholic faith till relative, pretty late in his life. Like he was already like his midlife crisis was basically um, becoming Catholic, <laughs> or like becoming Catholic and realizing he should have been Catholic sooner. So it's yeah, it's just that that book Confessions was amazing to read. I have to go back and reread it, even though I just finished, because it's just so deep and beautiful and profound. When I've heard the first couple, like the first like 20 chapters or how many chapters are all like biographical, but it's like the last four that are like the meat because there's a lot of philosophy and theology in them and mm-hmm. they're pretty like probably if you want to chew on. Yes. Again. 
Yeah. So, I mean, all of it's probably really beautiful, but, um, yeah, that's cool. So we'll talk more about beauty, but, um, what are we, what are we having again tonight? We're, we're really exciting. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I have my tea and then actually I made pumpkin oatmeal chocolate chip cookies. <gasps> Ooh. Yes. Ooh. And they're vegan too. Yes, they are. Well, they're not vegan. They're dairy free oh. this time because I used an egg yolk in the making of them. Wait, you can have eggs? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. I can have okay. eggs. Um, but for when I'm baking like for my family, I usually forego both dairy and eggs because some of my family members have allergies to eggs. So I usually bake vegan, but this time I was like, eh, I'll just use the egg yolk. So. There you go. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I am having water. <laughs> I the had, source of all life. Yeah, I had some food earlier, so I'm trying to figure out if that's what's upsetting my stomach at the moment. So, ah. I had, well, we had our, yeah. I have had a lot of Mexican recently, homemade Mexican food. Bruh. <laughs> Theo decided he's going to be noisy today, so... Hey! Stop. <laughs> oh, he listens. Obedience school paying off there, huh? All right. <laughs> okay. Um, anyways, but yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this pumpkin cookie, so... Yes. Um, I guess probably without further ado, so I'm actually technically... Today's the first day off my social media fast. Woohoo! <laughs> Yay, you made it. I did. Um... But uh, I actually, um, at this point, I think I'm probably going to continue not um, taking in as much news as, because honestly, I felt like I survived pretty well through all these weekly briefings, mm -hmm. and then you hear stuff regardless, and I really want to concentrate on just the present moment, and um, I feel like at this point, kind of want to just keep the blinders on. So I still don't know what's going on, I guess. So Ooh. I think this is these segments are going to continue as... <laughs> as I just tell you what the heck's going on. Yeah, as you break it down. And, uh, you know, I'm probably not going to be as strict as like, oh, I'm not going to read the news. It's just more like I am going to probably, you know, I'm busy enough anyway. So it's like, you know. And nobody got time for that. And nobody got time. <laughs> well, it's like there's already enough stress without like looking at the news. So it's like, why this am I going? True. Yeah. I kind of enjoy the peace from these past couple 40 days. So, yeah. um, I mean, I'm not going to like, yeah, I'm not going to do complete blinders, but anyway, so current events, Hannah, oh, I was like, we boy. don't have three items, but you're like, don't need none. <laughs> yeah. So this, the last, the last one is kind of like a two in one. Okay. Um, so the first story, <laughs> keep opening my school tab. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> They, oh, I didn't even realize there was... <laughs> okay. Well, mm, Mary really knows what to do with technology. <laughs> uh, so, um, in the past few weeks, there's been this... I don't know if you heard of this story about the social... This, this girl was... I guess she's not really a girl. She's, like, um, around our age. She was, like, a, a media influencer, and she went missing... I saw that. I saw something pop up recently. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, tell me about it. Mm -hmm. So she went missing, but her boyfriend was, or I guess his, her fiancé was traveling with her and came back without her in the van that they used to travel together, and then they didn't report her missing for 10 days. 
Wait, who's they? Like, his family. And they knew that he had come back without her. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah, this dude. And then now he's missing, too. Oh. So. Wow. He, like, they had gone. They do the, this, they do trips across the country. And that's her whole social media profile. It's just um, road tripping across the country in this Mm. van that they have. And, yeah. And she dis- disappeared. He didn't report her missing, came back without her. And then I think his family didn't report her missing till like 10 days later. And then they just found like remains identified as hers Aww. in Wyoming in Grand Teton Park. And um, <clears throat> yeah, so, and the coroner, I guess, identified her cause of death is homicide, but not oh. by what. Oh. So now. What do you mean not by what? They're not releasing what, or they don't know. I don't think that. I don't think it's been released yet. What exactly oh. happened? Probably for privacy of the family sure. and things like that. So, but, but now, people are searching for the fiance because he is also missing. Mm. And nobody knows what happened to him, and he is probably what knows what who knows what happened to her. And most people think that he killed her, but the, it's it's just kind of been a crazy case to follow, and it's been hap- it's been going on for a couple weeks now. This also has um, another facet to it, which I think is also insane. I think it was like it was probably Joy Reid because she has these kinds of takes all the time. But, yeah, if I remember specifically, I think it was her. She was saying, oh, you know, the reason why this is all over the news is because it's just a missing white woman syndrome. Like, the only reason oh. this is getting so much coverage is because Wait, who was saying this? I think it was Joy Reid. So she's oh. just like a, a, um, a commentator that leans oh, yeah. left. Yeah. And, yeah, so she... It was her or somebody else involved in that kind in that kind of sure. niche media that said, "Oh, this is missing white woman syndrome, and there are missing, you know, there are missing people who are, you know, they they would say of color or like trans women who are missing, and they don't get these um, the kind of coverage that they should, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera." But the real irony there is it's members of the media saying that the media doesn't cover these stories enough when they're the media and they can cover whatever the heck they want and they do but they don't want to cover those stories but yet they're going to guilt people not in the media for not reporting on yeah i'm confused yeah that's crazy Yeah. yeah and it's just like and then it's and then to say, oh, this is missing white women syndrome, when it's like, maybe, maybe normally this probably wouldn't be making national news, and it's just um, something that has been rotating, rotated in the, into the news cycle. It's mostly because I think it's because she had a decent following on her social media accounts. I think mm-hmm. she had a YouTube channel, so that's why it it's been such a big deal. Is because there was a lot of people like who were already feeling attached to her everyday life through social media and then when things like went wrong and she was and she was gone 
then that kind of like snowballed and, and people were seeing like a lot of people were out there looking for her because they knew um of her mm. through social media mm. so i think that's what contributed to this this case being like such a big story mm. it's and then just say oh it's just missing white woman syndrome like okay don't downplay the tragedy of what has happened yeah. because it's really horrible and just just to categorize people by their skin color and the news story that's being covered is just yeah. it's pretty ghoulish to me mm-hmm. so yeah yeah it's interesting. but yeah definitely me praying for her family and for her soul because and hopefully they find um his name's brian laundry her fiance and figure out Mm. what what happened and whoever you know whoever or whatever like whatever happens i hope that if some if it is a homicide like they said that whoever did it is brought to justice so where is she from she let's see i'm not really sure because i think they were like kind of a nomadic oh type um people so i don't know where she like grew up so but i think they had been living out of that van for a while because they call her like the van life girl or something Mm. like that so they had been traveling maybe this will be yeah it's interesting this might be a good wake-up call though because i mean i know like um people i mean she's is she technically like around our age then would you say yes you say Mm -hmm. people around our age seem to be very drawn to a lot of this like it's very romanticized through social media Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like one i think that there's something to i mean i the nomadic lifestyle sure it seems kind of cool but i i feel like we're one missing out on being rooted Mm -hmm. but also two i mean (laughs) it's not all it's not all you know yeah this kind of shows the i don't know i just feel like people are like oh i'm living the life like i'm you know i don't know i i guess the draw to the nomadic lifestyle is because you have a generation of people that aren't connected they don't feel connected to anything sure um so the only thing they are connected to is just the desire to experience new and exciting things just to fill that void that they have because they don't have a sense of connection to anything else Mm -hmm. and sometimes you know there are people that just genuinely love to travel and that's a way that they um recognize god moving in the world you know there there are people like that too but i think the reason why it's a kind of like a trend that's catching on is because we're increasingly um not rooted to anything and so when you're not rooted to anything it becomes pretty easy to just be like well i'm yeah. gonna live my life not belonging anywhere mm-hmm. but i think it just shows that like you can't trust everything that you see on social media because i wonder you know like who knows what was going beyond like going on behind the scenes you know of her life and whatnot yeah um, you know so like one like i think it's like don't you know obviously we always say don't judge somebody by the you know the beautiful photos i mean yeah it's probably it is you know i will say like my sister does missionary work and she's been all over the place and it Mm -hmm. it does inspire me to go after my dreams in my own simple way um so i mean there's definitely that i will not like put it down that way um but um yeah i mean it's obviously sad um she went too young she looked really happy in her photos Mm -hmm. so um so yeah 
Yeah, I don't know. So there's there was that 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 um the biggest break in that case or story was I think last the end of last week. Mm. Um, it's been kind of ongoing for a, a little while, but they were kind of like reach, reaching hopefully the point where people are able to get some answers, especially her family. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, it's just kind of a strange, a strange, sad thing. I think it's probably, you know, this is kind of on my mind recently because I, you know, running a cleaning business and I'm looking to expand my team. Mm-hmm. And I've always told my girls, I'm like, no customer. I mean, obviously our, um, our clients happiness is like, a, you know, crucial to the business. But before that, our, the safety of my girls is like bar none. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm really like, as I start, you know, right now I have most of mine are like most of my clients, like I know them. I'm very familiar with them, but as I grow, it's, you know, like, it's just going to widen the circle and, you know, I may not be able to, but I've always told my girls, I'm like, your safety is, if, if you get any sort of creepiness or whatnot, or you mm-hmm. feel in danger, it's not worth the money ever, nope. ever at all. Yeah. Cause honestly, as when you're cleaning, like you don't, <laughs> it's a pretty like compromising, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. I mean, if somebody wants to t- take advantage Cleaning is pretty much... Well, you're in their house. You're in their house. Your back is pretty much to, like, anything because you're, Mm -hmm. like, cleaning the sinks, you're cleaning the toilets, you're down on your knees and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Your back is to pretty much the walkways and whatnot. So, Um, so I guess I'm just saying, like, to young girls out there, like, you know, if you want to do this stuff, you know, one, pray for your mothers because I know my mom watches my sister travel and... Um, but also too, like really like watch out for your safety. Like I myself am considering sending my girls two at a time in two houses, not just one-on-one. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, what, you know, obviously it's sad that Gabby passed away, but it's also like, use this as a, like, like if you want to do the van life and you want to go after that, do that in a smart way. Cause your life is valuable and yeah. you know, don't buy, don't it, like, I wish I could say be naive about stuff, but <laughs> This this is not this is a doggy what is it what is it doggy what dog doggy dog yeah <laughs> doggy dog world <laughs> my dog chews on a nylabone yeah <laughs> I don't even know where that phrase came from doggy dog world I don't really know <laughs> anyways I don't know the etymology tangent. of that one yeah well yeah so that's been that's interesting so yeah what was... else yeah what else is this is the two in one punch yeah. Okay, I see. It says Biden, so I'm mm-hmm. not surprised. Yeah, right? Okay. So, <laughs> things at the border are getting worse. Yay! Really? No way. Because um, now... I couldn't have predicted that. Yeah. Mm-mm. No one could have seen that coming. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So, now it's... Uh, so, the big story that was a lot... That was probably also towards the end of last week, or maybe the middle of last week, was that... There were border control agents using whips on uh, Haitian, like, refugees, but they, like, they were getting into the country illegally, and it was, it was a whole thing. But it turns out those were not whips, they were reins. But uh, that image where it looked like they were being whipped was just um, shared all over the media, like, border control whips... Uh, Haitian refugees, blah, blah, blah. But they're blah, still blah, using blah. reins. Yeah. That doesn't make it matter. What's that? They weren't right. whipping them, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> they were using the reins to control the horse, as you can see from the other pictures. 
Oh. Yeah. Oh. There's the but there's the one picture where it looks like the rain why is are there striking. Why are there horses involved in this? Because the border patrol agents use horses. Oh. There are some on horseback. Sorry, I was see? like, oh, okay, I see. Yeah. So oh. our article has a picture there. And there there is and obviously most of the that this particular crisis is coming from Haiti because um, they are just getting hit with um, natural disaster after natural disaster, mostly earthquakes. Um, I think a hurricane. Their president was assassinated over the summer. So it's just kind of, yeah, it's mm. Haiti's very just bad always got there. Bad, yeah, <laughs> right now, and. So they're crossing the Del Rio, and underneath the bridge, I don't know if they have a picture of it in here. I'll have to find it because it's terrifying, and what? nobody's doing anything about it, and we're just gonna ignore it until like I don't know if they're letting. I think they're letting most of these people in, but it's not gonna be good for anybody because yeah, this is not how this is supposed to work. Yeah, well. I mean, so is, uh, did, uh, what's her name? Did she lose her position as art, Borzarder? Borzarder? Wow. Oh. <laughs> I totally botched that. What's her name? Um. Oh, Kamala. Kamala, Kamala Harris. Harris, yeah. Sorry, y'all, my brain is, it's, it's its usual friedness, so. Ah. I mean. Okay. Yeah. Is that it? Okay, wait. Yes. Okay, yeah. So here's, this? so here's the. It's under this bridge, and it's gotten worse. There's a, there's a better picture of this, but I can't find it, particularly now. I'll have to, show you maybe later, um, but this picture works for the pur our purposes right now. Um, so there's several thousand migrants under this bridge, okay. and there's more and more and more and more and more every day. Yeah. Okay. And so now it's not only a border crisis; it's a humanitarian crisis because these people are are obviously not going to be super healthy living under a bridge. Wait, they're why are they living quarters. underneath a bridge? Because they're trying to get in the get into the country. Oh, okay. So they're like waiting in line under. Yeah, but they're not waiting in line. They're just basically trying to see if they're they can all be let in. Oh, at the border. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Are they actually on U.S. Are they on U.S. land? They're on the they're on the border. They're looking to cross the border. So you oh. see the fence there. That's where the border is. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh. Mm -hmm. So Mexico. I mean, what are they doing? Obviously, they're not doing anything about it. No. No. Well, the, no. They people don't want to come. To, they don't want to go to Mexico. They're coming. They're, they're coming here. Yeah. So. Yeah. So they don't even. Um, it just continues to get worse. Uh, and then we, and then, but Biden is also saying, uh, he's like threatening the people that were on horses and like, he took the horse patrol away at the border because of the whole, they're whipping people thing. <laughs> Sorry, you should see the look on my face. Yeah. It's an utter disgust. Mm -hmm. I just think like, do we have children in the White House? I think actually, no, we, we said last week children could do better. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yes. Even your sixth graders that were, well, I me, mean, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, some of them, yeah, even a lot of my middle schoolers could probably make better policy decisions than what is I, happening right even now. Even as a businesswoman, I'm new at this whole business stuff, but I mean, that just, just, mm -hmm. I, ugh. <laughs> yeah. 
this is just insanity. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't surprise me. It's like, okay, yeah, you know, you told people to come, so I guess people are coming, so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so the, the camp grew from 4,000 in the middle of last week to 16,000 by the weekend. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. it's awful. So there's 16,000 people, and yeah. It says they're having a 20-year high in August mm-hmm. of apprehensions of people. Yep. So, I mean, you know, all these people are coming to the borders and who's no, who know, who knows who's getting through and how due diligence they're able to actually do because well, they're, they're being not swamped. Right. So who knows who's being led into the country? Yeah. Well, and then what you've seen is when, is immediately when he got elected, there was like massive, did you see like the migrant trains, the, those things? Oh, no, They're I like didn't. like bands yeah. of people literally marching to the border because they knew that Biden was elected and they figured he would let a bunch of people in and they were right. And so people are just going to keep coming and it, but then like they are letting them in and then they aren't. And then there's 16,000 people underneath a bridge and it's like, you have a crisis on your hands and you won't nobody is admitting it nobody's doing anything about it the only thing he's doing is throwing these the border patrol agents that used reins god forbid under under the bus and going you you know face like severe consequences if you do this again or some i don't know something along those lines do you think they're gonna listen that border patrol i mean they probably they probably will and then the rest of us are gonna pay for it yeah, and they have probably lost their jobs too. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, so I wouldn't. I, mean, I wouldn't want to be a border patrol person in this day and age. Like God bless them. I would, talk about the military, but yeah, I are they? Really wait, are to, they actually technically? They're not technically. Are they military? They might be some sort of branch. Yeah. Of it, I'm not really sure. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So that's fun, and that's about it. But that was why I was like, oh, I think we're good on just two. <laughs> um, Deus fault. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah. It's well, time for a sanity. Oh, goodness. Yeah. I mean, because it's, it's not like we're not saying, okay, we don't want people. Like, we feel like your but heart goes some... out to the people that are, you. the heart goes out to the people in Haiti. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've had a really bad luck. And just people in general, like, through you know, out the world. But it's also, like, we, you know, if we let everybody in, then, like, I mean, that's not, you have to preserve Indis- America. Ind- indiscriminately, it doesn't yeah. contribute to the society as a whole. Mm-hmm. And actually, the Catholic position is that even when you, even when you let immigrants in, you have to realize that you have to, consider what is making them leave their country in the first place right because of because probably the injustices within their own country should be righted instead of them having to leave in order to be treated like human beings but they're not Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that's that's the infuriating thing and you will talk with a lot i actually know somebody who um came from latin america Mm -hmm. um they actually came legally which obviously people that get really frustrated when they actually try and do it the legal way and then it's like really difficult and then people can just come over the border Mm -hmm. um but most people they would rather stay in their their native country Mm -hmm. shocker yeah but yeah people in latin america i've heard people in like the middle east 
you know, like they, they want to, even the people that are getting, you know, discriminate or, you know, persecuted over there, the Christians over there, mm-hmm. they'd rather, I mean, I, I would, I don't, I mean, we live in America, so I can't imagine where we would go. Um, Poland. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Maybe, no, I was going to say Costa Rica used to be all about liberty, but. Um, Ew, no. Yeah. Definitely not. Not as much, but, um, yeah. Um. Yeah, so that's fun. I mean, that's basically all I have. <laughs> but yeah, I wonder what the great. what are the Catholic bishops saying? The ones down in Texas, I wonder. Hmm. Be interesting. Yeah, it would be interesting. Maybe I can find something and include that in the show notes. You know, and I, um, my, we actually, I know people that do missionary work over at the border. Mm-hmm. And actually, um, God rest her soul. I remember somebody talking about she wanted to get back over the border one more time, but her family wasn't. Because they did, they would go into Mexico and do missionary work down there. Mm. But like she was just like, it's just not safe for anybody to really go into Mexico. Yeah, go over the border. It's very unsafe. Yeah. So, um, mm. yeah, I guess it kind of puts a lot of stuff into perspective. So. Yep. A little bit. <laughs> Y'all, this is the opposite of truth, beauty, and goodness. Yeah. <laughs> this is why we spend some of the episode on the news and not all of it because otherwise it would just be depressing i think our response is i don't know pray for conversion of our president pray for a miraculously new president before this term gets out <laughs> it's only it's not, I mean, not even been a year people in line are like yeah no i know no, thank you so i don't know god preserve god bless america huh oh yeah <laughs> Um, yeah. And obviously it just reminds you, it's, I mean, you know, we're for God for country, but for God first, so. Yes. There you go. All right, well, we were going to move on to Hot Take and our advice section. Woohoo! So. Something a little more upbeat. There you go. (laughs) All right. See y'all in the next one. We are back, and I've got a hot take, and then Mary's got some advice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Though I don't think this one is as spicy as last week's. This is also true. Yeah, I, I mean, I keep my hot takes pretty spicy because they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Hence, hot takes. But this this week, sorry guys, it's going to be something that's a little bit more relevant to the ladies. Uh, my hot take is, in a sentence, return to veiling. And I will explain why. But first off, I have actually, I'm pretty new to it. I've only been veiling for like a year and a half, maybe. Not even that long. Um, I'm surprised that I didn't start sooner. But I think think, um, just having the diocese close down mass and everything that happened last winter really really gave and the spring too just really gave me a greater appreciation for christ's true presence in the eucharist and one of the ways to show respect and honor that presence is to veil and i think it's a deeply misunderstood tradition there's a lot of people that have woundedness that trace traces back to an association with it or um, a lot of people misunderstand the purpose of it, and then they they people can get like really malicious over this really quickly. But 
it's really just a beautiful tradition and I think it should be um it should be more widely practiced. It used to be like it used to be required and I don't know whether I would agree with that. Um but I think that it should definitely be given its due spot and girls you know I started talking to my my girls my middle school schoolers about this last year and when I explained why and just the beauty of it to them they really understood and were really excited about the opportunity to start doing it um so I think it's been misrepresented in a lot of ways and I just I think it's really beautiful and I love seeing when other women veil too because I'm like yes nice. <laughs> um, it's just, it's something that also gives you a, an image of just how beautiful and holy it is inside a church that, that it is to be in the true presence because you wear something that you don't wear anywhere else. Um, and I have this actually, this card from, if you haven't checked out Veils by Lily, she, uh, this company is U.S. based, I think. And has very beautiful chapel veils and also has free veiling information cards. So I'm going to read the back of that to you because I think it's very profound and beautiful. Um, so why do Catholic women wear veils at mass for over 2000 years? Catholic women have worn some kind of head covering in church, though the particular reasons for doing so have varied. For example, modesty in the time of St. Paul, this practice has always focused on the transcendence of the place, the church having the, very dwelling of the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. Having been given this magnificent gift by Jesus himself, every Catholic church holds something not found anywhere else, the true living presence of our bridegroom hidden under the appearance of bread and wine. Contrary to what many believe, Vatican II never did away with this tradition. It remains a beautiful devotion whereby each woman, symbolizing the bride of Christ, the church, wears a veil as a visible reminder of the perfect submission of the church to the loving rule of Christ. And this is an excerpt from the chapel veil symbol of the spouse of Christ on St. John Chrysostom's Theology of the Veil. And if you ever want to read about uh, marriage and just the beauty of the natural order of the sexes, read some John Chrysostom because he is, it's, it's heavy, but it, it's so good and just really reminds you of the beauty in the natural law that is God's plan. So, woman, because she was created by dreaming, being drawn from man's side, is constantly trying to return to him. She desires the original unity of one flesh and one bone. The desire for unity between man and woman is a mirror of the relationship between Christ and the soul. As woman longs for union with man in human relationships, she is also drawn to unity with God. He calls her to become one with him, to come on, under his side and become flesh of his flesh and bone of his bone. This occurs during reception of the Eucharist. The covering of the head with a veil symbolizes the reality of a woman sheltered in the side of her spouse and becoming one with him. She becomes covered and hidden in her defined spouse. <laughs> My stupid dog getting caught in these wires again. Yes, you. You're being stupid tonight. <laughs> As he looks kind of 
It just has to wander so close, I swear. Lab mixes, they're so needy. Anyways, but yeah, I just think that's very beautiful and profound. And I love the symbolism of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's lost on so many people where it's just like, oh, it's, oh, it's sexist. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's that. And like, whoa, 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 whoa. Or it'll be like, you're just wearing it to make yourself feel good. And you're like, well, only God knows the heart. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like this is a tradition that has been around for thousands of years. And you want to judge like one person on the contents of their heart based on something that they're doing that isn't inherently evil. Mm-hmm. So unless you're doing something that's, against the natural order, against some, something that, you're like against one of the Ten Commandments and like provably so, nobody should come after somebody who veils just because like they don't like it. Mm-hmm. Well, too bad. And the railing against something just profoundly beautiful like that and steeped in authentic femininity is, a, is just kind of a sign that whoever that is is actually against true femininity and doesn't know how either if they're a woman how to express it or if a, if they're a man how to lift it up and then that vitriol just comes out and it's like whoa 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 <laughs> like you should deal with your own issues first here <laughs> well and i also i mean I, I think that there are some women that i know that they understand authentic femininity mm-hmm. but i think that there is a lot of baggage from just misunderstanding from the 60s and from after Vatican too, you mm-hmm. know? So I think, um, cause even within the church, it's, I mean, I, you know, I know someone personally, so it's just, I don't know. I think they may, maybe that's a little far, but, um, I do agree that, and I don't know, maybe like, it's like the question is like when there is that baggage, even from somebody who, you know, they are on their own path to holiness and they are, they're a beautiful woman of God. You know, just in general, like how do we witness to that, you know, without, you know, I think, yes, you have a great passion for it and just a great passion for sharing the truth in general. But I think it's trying to be gentle as well, you know, cause especially since there's, women no, I'm not saying I'm not gentle though. Like but it's just, it is, it is actually, it shows your, it's meant to show like a, a gentle nature and it meant, meant to show like a state of submission. So it's actually in of itself that tradition is more gentle. And But people get violent over like just, not violent, but they do yeah, get pretty like, like violent with words at least. Um, like I, I've known people who've had family members just rail so much against them for really and be like you're so arrogant and it's like whoa i'm just oh you've actually you've heard of that oh yeah because the person i know they're just more like it's more of a quiet like they're like i you know they see people and they're like oh you know there's this like i don't know because i'm i mean some the person i'm thinking of like they used to veil Mm -hmm. but now it's just more like no because they get intimidated by it in a way again and then that's something that points to their own their own struggles and it's not but then you know it's a form of projection onto that of person. course sure so it's like oh i'm intimidated by this person why mm-hmm. because they're doing something that i feel like maybe i can't do or i shouldn't do but i know that 
that is inherently like inherently good and like there's a beauty to it Mm -hmm. but because i can't bring myself to do it then i'm just going to like maybe try try and like degrade that tradition together Mm -hmm. maybe not the person themselves but be like oh well you know it's not as great as people make it out to be right or it might be the fact that the people that they've seen wear the veils maybe because i feel like a lot of it's like more like oh they're like they seem like they're holier than thou and it's like maybe maybe that there have people that have worn veils that actually had that attitude so maybe it's like how can we but then it's also like it's like a confirmation bias type thing because they probably don't remember all the people they've seen that wore veils that were just like normal and just attended mass yeah. and didn't act like I don't I also don't understand how somebody acts holier than thou if they're just in mass if they're just in mass and receiving a uh, a way differently than you do or they're veiling which is something different than what you do like they're not holier I'm than thou you after mass so people that would veil maybe they acted like holier than thou after mass maybe yeah I mean. But again, it's something that's kind of like, eh, like where are you getting that from? Um, and there, you can definitely act like that, but especially, and a lot of people will just say, oh, it's just to wear one is acting holier than thou. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. This ain't about you. The veil is not about you. And it's not about her either. It's not about it. When somebody wears the veil, it is not about her. And if it is, then that's their own problem. Yeah. Um, and you don't need to be worrying about that. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, that's what that tradition is. It's veiling in, in for the Blessed Sacrament, for the, for the Divine Bridegroom. And it's it's meant to be a mix of something that's private and public because it's something that you do, and the Lord knows your heart when you do it. Um, but it's also like a public sign. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it just really needs to be the whole stigma around it needs to be dismantled. And I think people should definitely not be afraid to ask questions, but they also need to realize that they, they can't come at somebody and be like, Oh, well, you just think that you're better than me because you wear a veil. And you're like, no, that's your own insecurity talking because you realize that, Oh, this is probably something good and beautiful sure. that I could do, but I'm too scared. I'm or too Or just their to lack of understanding or just their, yeah, I mean, yes, it's the woundedness, it's the mm-hmm. um, the baggage that comes from it. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe there was that one person that was like, you know, maybe back in the 60s when, I don't know. I don't know, it's like kind of like there there is, you know, the whole like Madra thing. Maybe it was somebody like that who is, you know, um, kind of a mix of it all. And so it's like, you know. Yeah, and there, there can be people like that, but you... Reality is, you have to be an adult about it. You can't project your garbage onto somebody else just because you see them as a symbol for something that you suffered. You you have to like kind of break it down and be like, wait, why do I feel this way about this thing? Mm -hmm. And just go back like, well, veils aren't inherently evil. So where did you get this negative association? Yeah, and maybe it wasn't a negative encounter with a person, but just because it's. I mean, it's like, it's like all people who do X are like Y. You can't extrapolate that like ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or all people who have X trait have mm-hmm. X other trait. You can't really extrapolate that. It's an individual type thing. And then maybe there are some people who veil who kind of like lord it over other 
women and um, just don't have the right approach to that. I'm sure there are people like that out there, but there's a lot of people that I've met and I ran into a lot of people on campus when I was in college who, who just did it. Mm-hmm. And they just were a witness to it. They, I'm sure that most of them, if I had ever had questions about it, would be willing to field them. Um, but it was just like a silent witness and it wasn't anything other than that. And I think that's something that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. I think it's probably kind of the... Um... I think it's it's kind of I I mean I know you're you're so, it's just it's a tricky ground to walk on because mm-hmm. especially because I think a lot of people that generally are in this bracket range are probably people that are older than us so it's like how do we have these conversations where it's not like because like some of the people I'm imagining I can't go and be like okay you need to be an adult about things maybe you that's how you communicate but <laughs> I mean yeah that's usually <laughs> you're like hey can we like man up woman up about this Thank yeah. You. <clears throat> but I mean, I think, yeah, I, I don't know. I, it's, I don't know, maybe for myself, cause I, I don't know. I was just kind of raised with a more, um, maybe this is just like my own, like, you know, how I live my faith. It was like more of like, sometimes if you share your, like you actually share like in words, mm-hmm. people won't always listen, but it's like, how can you like live it in a way that it's like, they ask you, they're like, oh, why do you do this? Why mm-hmm. do you do that? Because I, I you know, I, that's something that I've been tuss- tussling recently is, you know, being a businesswoman, it's, you know, it's like my faith is really important and how, you know, how can I live it out in an authentic way where I'm not hiding it, but I'm also like allowing for, you know, engagement um, and meeting people where they're at. So I don't know. Um, I think the veils are a part of that too. Mm-hmm. It's like, I think the veils, the traditional Latin mass, you know, I think it all kind of intertwines. Yeah. So, and, you know, I think we're kind of getting up against that with the motoproprio. It kind of just shows, you know, it's interesting because a lot of people, I think I've talked with people that are like, oh, you know, they're still convinced that it's all about unity and whatnot because they're like, well, the Pope said this and the Pope said that. And it's like, and then you have um, the other side where it's like the Pope well, said they, this they, and the Pope said that. And it's like, you should be a saint. And you're like, no, mm-mm. don't. Well, but then they, interp- the and they interpret, you know, they're saying it's in the spirit of Vatican II and all that other stuff. Oof. But, oh boy. you know, it's Let's not like, even get into that. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I think maybe as young people, I mean, everybody has, uh, Hannah, you have your own <laughs> way of communicating with people. But I think it's just, um, you know, like, I don't know, maybe, I don't know what I'm, where I'm going with this. But. Well, it's not like I always come up to people. <laughs> you, you're saying this like I just randomly attack people after mass and be like, you should veil. I'm like, I don't. No, you actually This is don't. kind of where, this is my point where I'm using my words. I can't, mm. I can't not use my words. This is a podcast. <laughs> really? No way. I had no idea. I know. <laughs> no, but if I can go off about it, I will. Mm. If somebody asks me a question about it, like, I will definitely give them the whole TED talk. And I'm obviously, I'm also like far veils too. Mm-hmm. I'm a little more slower to the punch <laughs> on it. Um, so like, but, oh, you uh, want one? I'll get you one. Okay. Yeah, you gave me one. So I'm yeah. going to start wearing it. Mm-hmm. Um, squat uh, up. What? I said squat up. <laughs> I mean, my, my, my also, you know, I think I just went on kind of a journey with my faith and it's like really just trying to show that I really, truly, Submit to Christ. Um, and I've also heard it actually really helps you concentrate at Mass. So mm-hmm. maybe yeah, it that's will. One of, that's one of the things that I actually liked about it. Yeah. Like 
because you're not <laughs> i don't know like especially too like you have like longer hair a lot of women do so like you don't really care about what your hair looks like. I'm like, I'm putting on a veil anyway. I was going to be looking at this. So I'm not going to spend forever. <laughs> well, I'm actually, I want to curl my hair and then put the veil on and be like, well, my pretty hair is not as, as important. So, cause I love, I will say like, if you ask me like, what are my favorite features? It's like my eyes and my hair. Mm. So they're definitely a sense of pride. Yeah. And more confidence, but I mean that, you know, pride goes before the fall. So it's good to, yeah. You the know, woman's hair mm-hmm. is her crowning glory. Yeah. So too anyway. no i i appreciate your tangent it's just more like i'm playing the devil's advocate because ah. i know people that are listening that would hear and be like they might you know i don't know anyways i guess i've kind of been in the i don't know sorry my brain <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i definitely don't there's a lot of people that aren't quite too um where they want to be like a lot of women who aren't quite quite where they're ready to start veiling especially if they're in a church where it would it would really stand out um and they're worried about the response from that like i I can understand the hesitation um that that you would have now for me i'd be like if i'm the only if i'm the only person in this mass wearing a veil cool (laughs) like some some people i guess get to see somebody wearing a veil if they've ever seen anybody wearing a veil like i'm maybe and then maybe there was more people like um, actually at school masses, I used to be the only person wearing a veil. Then some of my students joined me and then I actually started seeing, um, daily masquerers also wearing veils. So I was like, yeah, yeah. join the club. There's actually <laughs> people that are wearing it at the Novus Ordo. It oh, actually yeah. started with, a, um, we have a, um, Legion of Mary group. Mm. Um, I don't know if that's going to have to be censored, but <laughs> no, there are many legions of Mary. <laughs> yeah. But they, they're getting really, uh, really ramped up. Good. So they're they're trying to get people to join. They nice. asked me. <laughs> I was like, sorry, busy. <laughs> wow, too busy for the Legion of Mary. Jeez. I pray my rosary every day, y'all. <laughs> I do my morning consecration, she's, daily morning consecration to Mary. So yeah. she's she's in the uh, the virtual Legion of Mary, <laughs> the spiritual Legion I think of it's, Mary. It's kind of like I've always said. You know, I was involved in a pro life youth group, and it's like you don't have to be in the pro life youth group to be pro life. No. It's just how you live your life. And yes. cool, it's great to have those associations and whatnot. Uh, you don't have to be like a part of a certain group to be like living your life a certain way. Mm-hmm. But um, to kind of go on with um, for sake of sense of time, sense of time, that's how you say that? Okay. <laughs> um, I, I do like, I kind of like a good tangent connection to kind of advice session section. Wow, sorry. <laughs> um, it says, we veil the sacred... And so we're going to talk about beauty. So I think that really totally ties. Because there is definitely, yes. it is it is kind of, I mean, we are the woman, we are the crown of creation. So um, it really does um, kind of point to that. Um, so kind of going into chatting about beauty. I recently gave this talk to my high school girls group. So I was like, might as well just use all that work and material for this. So um <laughs> I just want to start out by sharing a quote from C.S. Lewis, which says, The sweetest thing in all my life has been the longing to find the place where all the beauty came from. Which actually kind of really ties into St. Augustine's quote about beauty. Um, but I'm going to kind of use a real-life um, uh, today example. So um, one of my favorite um, speakers and 
um, just Catholic woman role model is Leah Darrow. So, um, y'all should go look her up. Um, she has a podcast called, um, do something beautiful. Um, and it's all about mother Teresa's quote of doing something beautiful for the Lord. Um, but she actually was a former contestant on America's next top model. Um, and so she actually wrote this book that's called the other side of beauty, embracing God's vision for love and true worth. And so she just talks about her journey of, she, um, talks about growing up with a desire to belong and to be chosen. I think we all remember that. Mm -hmm. Um, and so this desire led her to be, instead of, you know, going to God, because she actually grew up Catholic, um, she went, this desire led her to America's next top model in pursuit of the desire to be valued. Um, so instead of looking to God who made her, she looked to Tyra Banks and TV shows. Um, and when she made it on and she got picked, she felt successful and that she was worth more than she had before. Uh, but then weeks later when she was eliminated, it left her feeling unwanted, worthless, and ugly. Um, obviously later she realized it wasn't America's next top model and Tyra Banks. That was the problem. Um, it was that she'd accept imitation beauty and imitation love as the keys to her value and worth. Um, and just, you know, I, I, this is a journey that I've been on, but starting young, she felt that her worth was wrapped up in how she looked. Um, I think as women, we're always given definitions of where our worth is. Um, and so actually let, there was a pivotal moment in, in her journey, um, where she, so after she got eliminated, she still decided to continue her modeling career. Um, and so there were still billboards up in New York. So she was able to use her name. Um, and she was on a shoot and she was actually in the middle and there was this like international magazine. So, um, the photographer was well known. Um, and she just had a moment where she like, it's really, you should go check out her story cause she really shares it really beautifully. And I don't, I want to do justice. Um, but she talks about how God just like stopped her right then and there. And was like, you are worth more than this. Like you're made for more. Um, and she ended up actually walking out of that photo shoot. Mm -hmm. Um, and I love the favorite part of the story is, you know, she's, this is not like, if you want a modeling career, this is like not the move to make to walk out on a photo shoot. No, <laughs> not at all. And she starts walking out and all the people are trying to like, wait, what are you doing? Are you okay? Like, uh, where are you going? Um, and she, you know, she's, she keeps on walking. She just ignores them. And the photographer, you know, comes after cause he's well known. And, you know, um, he goes, if you walk out of this photo shoot, no one will ever know your name. And she turns back to him and she's like, good. Well, that's great. Because she had found that like finding worth and value in people was not what she was really after. Um, so, you know, when do you, you know, Hannah, what do you, when you hear the word beauty, what do you think about? What do you think of beauty? Mm. I think of our blessed mother. You're like my girls. They all had really, <laughs> they've been raised up real well. <laughs> <laughs> But you, listener, what do you think of when you think of beauty? It was interesting because I think most of the girls said a lot of stuff like that. But some mm -hmm. of the girls said some physical stuff, too. Um, and, you know, why is this discussion on beauty so important? Because you're like, oh, my gosh. Um, it's because the world defines beauty in a purely physical, perpetually unsatisfied way, which is uncommon. But this isn't how um, beauty should be viewed. Um but, you know, the stakes in this are so high because the way we conceptualize beauty and how we search for it affect not only our outward appearance, but how we evaluate our worth, pursue our passions, and most importantly, how we build our relationships with other people. Um, I think it's kind of like for myself, it's like that hunger and desire. I always feel like people have it all together and mm -hmm. you want to have a perfect life. Mm -hmm. And it's that desire and that struggle for it. And you just, you come to realize that nobody actually really has it together. Mm -mm. Um, 
But, you know, she, she talks about it in the book. She talks about how does the world define beauty. Um, and she said, you know, one of her, she says, as a hanger, not as women or humans. She actually even said she was um, in New York's is like fashion week. Um, and she was at like one of the runways and she was like getting ready. And she remembered hearing somebody on, you know, he was getting the models dressed. And he goes, can somebody give me another hanger? And he was actually referring to a woman. But he was like, can somebody give me another hanger? Because that's all they, you know. Jeez. Yeah. Ew. Um, but they define beauty as being able to be attained for at least a week or for a price. And she just talks about how the beauty industry wants it to entrap us into believing that we need, you know, that we need them, that we need to, you know, we need to like this. We like need to like that guy. We need to like, we need a loft apartment house like that. We just, we need, we need, we need. Um, but as we've said before, to be a woman is so much more than our parts, um, more than like of our lashes or plumpness and color of our lips. Um, and, and following the world's definition of beauty, we neglect and abandon the beauty that really matters, the beauty that God values, beauty and kindness, gratitude and forgiveness, and reaching out to and loving those who need help, who are lonely and who are forgotten. Um, and so just the high cost of all this imitation beauty that is defined by the world, um, is that we, we leave beauty on the physical level. Um, so, you know, and there's so much to share. This is kind of like the talk too, where it's like, I feel like I'm like, oh my gosh, just could talk and talk and talk and talk about it. Um, but you know, base um, when we're talking about the truth about beauty, um, mother Teresa was on, um, she was on, um, was it the most beautiful person in the world for the time magazine, Mm -hmm. I think. And I mean, if you looked at her physically, she was like stooped over. She had Mm -hmm. all wrinkles. Her feet were all messed up because she never wore the proper shoes because she just wore leftovers. Yeah. So to the world, she was not physically beautiful, but she, the love of Christ was made manifest in her flesh and she was beautiful because she loved and her heart was on fire with the light light of Christ. Mm Mm-hmm. So it just goes to show. But just to kind of go quickly, the philosophers, um, they, you know, St. Thomas Aquinas um, defines beauty as that which pleases to be, pleases upon being seen. Um, So being seen to be known, to be comprehended. um, And it's, you know, being deeply known, beauty that is deeply known. It's not just physical. Um, And and then in terms of, you know, that which pleases, it's a delight for the soul, not just physical. It goes so much deeper. Beauty is so much more than the physical level. Um, so that talks about three qualities to beauty, integrity, proportion, and clarity. So integrity is, you know, unity and wholeness versus dividedness and brokenness. It's a completeness and perfection, not superficial. Um, proportion, it's relation to being parts of a whole um, symmetrical, you know, the golden ratio. So, and, and you know, in, um, in, in, you know, common terms being good in all ways so like always you know like being good not just when others see you but when people don't see you um and then also clarity and just having a radiance and splendor manifestation of the essence or someone or something and just something simply being um so you can go check out our book for more on that but it really just talks about how we should be most concerned with the condition and beauty of our souls um, and our souls, you know, our souls need to be beautiful and inspire delight in the soul of others. Um, and scripture talks about how beauty, um, is referred to as the glory of God and how Jesus as being the most perfect human being was beautiful. Um, and how the cross was also beautiful as well. Um, so just kind of in a whole, 
because I'm getting the, the, the signals from Hannah. <laughs> um, beauty really just evangelizes and how, you know, we want to, instead of living lies of fear, noise, pride, and doubt with all the lies that the devil, um, you know, wants to feed us with, um, it's really just, you know, I want to call you all young, young women and also men to desire to be beautiful according to God's definition to, because even men, we want to be, you know, be able to embrace chastity, holiness, modesty, um, friend, you know, we can find beauty and friendship, um, and being grateful in our speech. Um, and then also in just being generous. So, um, you know, St. Augustine, he pursued beauty is good because it's our desire for God because God is truth, but beauty and goodness. Um, so, you know, St. Augustine found it, you know, he searched for it in all the wrong places. Um, but it's really like beauty is to point us towards God. Um, and it really truly satisfied, truly satisfies. So, um, I don't know. And Hannah, any closing thoughts? This is my tangent. Your tangent was all about. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, in a way, our tangents were both about beauty. They really were. Just, just different expressions. You really got more into the philosophy of it. Yeah. Of beauty. Chose an expression that. I find yeah, it really cool. Yeah, well, because it really does. It, I mean, the veil, mm-hmm. it has integrity because it's all about um, pointing to the person is more than their physical. Mm-hmm. Um, it has proportion because it, you know, really does point to the sacred, the beauty in all its ways, mm-hmm. and it also does have a radiance and splendor to it. Mm-hmm. It's really pretty and has yes. clarity to it. So it is beautiful. There you go. So um, with Pers- that, yeah, just pursue true beauty, guys, and. Uh, I dare you to veil, ladies. <laughs> She's given me one of hers, so I'm 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 joining y'all on the journey. So yes. tomorrow I think is my first time wearing it to adoration. So let's go. <laughs> Submission to the Lord, y'all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's actually good. Yes. Scary but good. Mm-hmm. Learning it one day at a time. So do you want to <laughs> do you want to close us with our closing I'll quote? See, absolutely. Alrighty. It's being a beautiful. There you go. Saint Catherine of Siena. We've had enough exhortations to be silent. Cry out with a thousand tongues. I see the world is rotten because of silence. Thank you all for joining us. And have a blessed rest of your week. And know that you're all loved. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Caritas Christi. If you'd like to write to us with hot takes, feedback, advice, or advice requests, we would love to hear from you. Email us at caritas.christi31 at gmail.com. That's caritas.christi31 at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next Thursday.